Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Lorraine Hamilton. Lorraine is a globally accredited coach with over 15 years of experience. Before coaching, Lorraine was a radio frequency engineer designing cellular networks and using cutting edge technology in the UK and New Zealand. At the peak of the engineering career, she was leading her team so effectively that the whole office culture was modeled on them. Lorraine ran the ICF Accredited Coach School Certified Professional Coach Program for five years before being brought on as Program Director at Coaching Evolved by Emmy Award-winning media entrepreneur and coach herself, Natalie McNeil. She is also the mentor that the French relationship expert, Alexander Cormont, trusted to develop his skills who now shares his expertise with his 3.25 million followers online. Now Lorraine is facilitating successful coaching classes on breaking upper limits to women in the business and tech industries. Lorraine, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great, so let's get started. So Lorraine, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. I actually started out as a sound engineer. So you know, I joke that I paid my way through uni being a, a roadie, um, so that was fun. But uh, I quickly moved into radio frequency engineering. So I spent uh, the best part of my career designing large cutting edge mobile phone networks. Um, I absolutely loved the work, uh, but being the only female engineer in the on the floor was not without its challenges for sure. Um, so now I spend my time supporting other women in tech to really understand the environment that they're operating in and how to thrive and succeed in it. So to answer your question, how did I get to where I am today um, by trial and error and just mm -hmm. keeping going and really trusting my instincts. That's great. And thank you for all your good work that you're doing. Um, can you share with us how you created an award-winning culture using a feminine approach to engineering? I love this question. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> asking it. Um, yeah, for sure. So to give you a little bit of context, I was uh, a, an engineering leader at that point in my career, and we had two offices, two teams of engineers that were building out uh, a mobile phone network in New Zealand. And um, the, the way that the, the department had been structured was to treat everybody equal. So everybody had the same KPIs. Every engineer had the same job description, regardless of discipline. Everybody, else, everybody had the same um, expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in a bid to provide uh, equality across the department, which is to be applauded, but this is the, the piece that I really think needs to be understood, is that equality is not equity. And mm. so treating everybody the same is actually not doing what's best for people. We need to create an environment where each individual can be at their best. And this is what I believe to be a much more feminine approach to leadership, this idea of treating everyone as an individual. And so 
I pushed back on my boss at that point and said, I don't want to do it this way. This is not going to get the best out of my engineers. So I had a, a, a group of engineers. They were all men. They were from in their early 20s, right through to some of the guys had been in the industry for 30 years. They were waiting and just riding out until they were hitting retirement. They didn't have the same motivations. So it, I felt like we, we can't, and they didn't have the same skills. They didn't have the, the same um, hunger for things. So I pushed back on my boss and I said, this isn't going to work for my team. I need to change mm -hmm. the KPIs. And to his credit, um, after a few conversations, he said, do you know what, Lorraine, just do whatever you're going to do. Your KPIs are going to be the same as your counterparts. I don't care how you achieve them. Uh -huh. So that allowed me to then start to be a lot more granular and specific and create an environment where every individual could be at his best and they weren't competing with each other they were complementing each other and they started to really work like a team and now was this male and female on your team or was it just female they were all male oh wow okay <laughs> wow yeah, i had one female tech and all of my engineers were male. Okay. But by taking that approach of seeing them each as individuals and not having them compete and not having them complain about, well, this guy isn't as good as me in this arena, I was like, well, okay, cool. Well, this is what he can bring. So this is how you complement each other. So they mm -hmm. really started working a lot more cohesively and seeing the best and seeing the strengths in each other. And that created a really cool culture, not just in our team, but in the office that we were working in. So mm -hmm. it was contagious and it spread. And then that was noticed by my manager and by the senior leadership team. And really our, uh, our team was held up as the model to embrace across the entire organization. And that led to an external IBM Conexa award for employee engagement. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. That's so great. And I believe in this philosophy because when I manage people and I've managed people for 30 years, I manage them individually, you know, based on their strengths. I focus on their strengths, not on their weaknesses. And I try to fill the gaps in their weaknesses. And it's really worked for me for all these years. And then I think back when you were talking about my kids, you know, I parented my kids differently. Both of them were raised in the same household, but totally different kids. You know, yeah. one worked very, very hard for for homework and everything that she did in school. The other one was so bright that she could just do it without even opening a book. And so they had a different parenting in the sense that, you know, the one that worked really hard got rewarded and the one that didn't work as hard didn't get as rewarded, you know? And it, it's so important that we realize what each person's strength is. So I really, really think you did an amazing, amazing job with that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. It was it was a fun, um, it was a fun time to watch them change and uh and really really start to come into themselves and mm -hmm. and 
and and shine in their own way. It, it was a uh, really pleasing for me to uh, to go through that experience with them. Yeah, that's great. So you know, mentors are so important for all of us. And so how do you overcome the challenge of finding female mentors in the technology space who have not compromised their femininity to succeed because, you know, they're in a male dominated industry. So how do you find those mentors? Uh, I have a very short answer to a complicated problem. And that Mm -hmm. is that you become one. Ah, I love that. I love that. (laughs) And I'm raising my hand. I'll be a mentor for anybody that wants it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we are it. We we're moving towards a better future, and there we are seeing more and more female leaders come through. What I'm still seeing is a number of leaders that have fought their way to the top by modeling men mm-hmm. and that's what they had to do mm-hmm. right? that's what they had to do and now we're in a time in history where those those glass ceilings have been broken somewhat and more organizations have mandates to have larger percentages of their their leadership team be women but now is the time to be women as leaders mm-hmm. and and, and that takes really understanding the environment that you're working in, understanding the conditioning that all of us are operating from mm-hmm. and, and maximizing opportunities. But I think we need to become those mentors and we need to lead by example, and, and but by understanding the environment that we're working in, because it is not equal. And, and we're quite a long way from it being equal. And mm-hmm. that's not meant to sound um, negative in any way. No, it's, it's true. It's just recognizing where we are right now at this moment in history and maximizing what's available to us. And, and that's how we get more women in these leadership roles that are operating from their feminine while they're doing it. That's great. And hopefully women that are listening will volunteer and become mentors, you know, in the technology industry, because we need more role models. We need um, people to realize that they can do it by seeing another woman in that role. And that makes a big difference. It really does. It really does. And seeing another woman in that role, behaving the way that they want to behave. I know Mm -hmm. that you know, my female mentors, there were very few of them that I looked at and went, you know, I'm really inspired by the success that you've achieved, but I don't know if my values are going to allow me to operate in that way. So how do I do it and still feel good in my skin? Mm -hmm. No. And, you know, there's a saying that says you can't be what you don't see. And so it is really important to be able to see that person, see these female role models so that you can, you know, you can kind of say, oh, that could be me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's great. Well, let's talk about the quicksand of praise and criticism and how women can avoid getting stuck in it. Oh, I love talking about this. (laughs) Um, And and I, 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 
I describe it as quicksand because that's kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, as women in particular, we are we're brought up being told how to be. Mm. We're not necessarily taught what to do more than we're told how to be, you know, be pretty, be kind, be delicate, be polite, Mm -hmm. be quiet, be um, demure, be fragile. We're told how to to be rather than what to do. And so this leads to a real dependency on external validation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, tell me, am I being um, demure enough? Am I being quiet enough? Am I being perfect enough? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's also amplified by the media that we are, um, that we're being fed uh, all the time. And so it, it leads to this, this idea of we're always seeking praise. We want to be the good girl. You know, how mm-hmm. many of us relate to that good, I want to be the good girl. Mm-hmm. I was the good girl in school. I achieved in school. I know how to achieve in school when the teacher tells me when I'm being good enough. Mm-hmm. Or criticism, when we're criticized and we're fearful of stepping into a bigger role or stepping into a space of more visibility because we get criticized not on our message, but who we are. Mm-hmm. I I remember recently putting out a, um, a post on two social media platforms and one ended up going to the wrong, um, I went to the wrong audience for some reason and I ended up getting a whole lot of uh, comments for from men, which is not usually my audience. Usually everything is, is very mm-hmm. carefully selected to go out to women because that's who I work with and speak to. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was so funny to have that comparison that on one platform it went to women and it was really supported. And the other platform went out to men and I was talking about perfectionism. And the only comments I got were from men and the, and the way that they commented was to tear down my appearance in the photo and the video the, of the post that went out, which mm. I thought was quite funny because I was talking about perfectionism and how to get over it. But <laughs> you, you can see how easy it is for women to be dragged down by something like that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. The, the feedback is very personal. It's not constructive. And so that brings me to the second part of your question around how can we avoid getting stuck in this quicksand mm-hmm. of only doing things to get praise and to avoid criticism. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is to recognize that both praise and criticism are forms of feedback. But that mm-hmm. feedback can only tell us about the person giving the feedback and their values, their preferences, their priorities. It doesn't actually tell us anything about ourselves. Mm, That's really good. That's very profound. Yes. So to avoid the quicksand, recognize that feedback is an insight into someone else. Mm. And what I hope by sharing that is that it doesn't stop you. So, so, Fearing criticism and and striving for praise now no longer stops you from doing the work that is your calling and stepping into those bigger roles. Wow, that's so true, so true. So, you know, negotiation is such a big part of business. So how can women negotiate from a powerful position and win? 
Ah, uh, yeah, uh, that's a, another big question. And you know, one one thing that women do more than men is prepare. So we are uh-huh. very good at over preparing to the point of procrastination. In this space, I would say that this is one of the times where it's good to prepare. Um, so there's two aspects to negotiating that I, I teach and I encourage. And first of them is in the, the preparation. And I imagine this is a, a triangle. So in one one apex of the the apex of the triangle is is you it's what you want from this negotiation but not just what you want why you want it Mm -hmm. and getting really clear on the values that are at play for what you are trying to achieve you know Mm -hmm. why why is this important to you the next point on the triangle is stepping into the shoes of the person you're negotiating with What's most important to them in this negotiation? What are their drivers? What are their values? What are their KPIs? What are they trying to achieve? And really trying to feel deeply into an an empathic uh, experience of, of what are they trying to do and how could I help them achieve their goals in this negotiation? And then the, the The third point in the triangle is more of that bird's eye view of, okay, so if I'm looking at this from a 20,000 foot perspective, what do I notice in the dynamic between the two parties? And of course, this is um, a preparation, so we don't know for sure, but with the best of our knowledge, what can I see from this perspective that is going to benefit both parties? And is there anything else that I can see that I won't compromise on or that I am willing to compromise on to to reach my goals in the negotiation? So doing that sort of theoretical preparation part is the first part of negotiation for, for women. That's perfect because it really shows that you have to be ready. You have to think through every piece of it. Even you may not know about the other person as much, but do as much research as you can so that, you know, you're prepared and you're not caught on off guard. That's right. And also it helps you to humanize the other person. I think that a lot of women that I work with, when they're going into negotiations, they really do feel powerless, like the other person has all of the power. But by Mm -hmm. recognizing their challenges, like the other person's challenges, it starts to humanize them. And that can take a lot of the sting out of going into the negotiation, because as women, we are much more relationship builders and nurturers than we are adversaries. So, so doing that preparation can help to humanize the other party. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us more about your book, Dye Your Hair Purple Sooner. I was so <laughs> excited about this one. Tell us about the inspiration and the meaning behind your book. Oh, this is fun. And I know you can't see me, but if you could see me, you would see that my hair is all different colors. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Um, and the, the, the book came about because I was doing another podcast and the, uh, the interviewer and the podcast 
asked me at the end of the, the session, she said, you know, if you could go back and give yourself some uh, advice for when you were younger, what advice mm. would you give? would you give them mm -hmm. uh, or give yourself and I said dye your hair purple sooner and she <laughs> said oh my god that's the name of your your next book and I was like all right then um so, so I, awesome. I, I wrote the book with that title but the real inspiration behind that and the context that from that other conversation in the podcast was all around doing what you want to do and not being afraid of what other people think mm -hmm. and so dye your hair purple sooner was about really my external expression of who i am on the inside and doing it anyway and not not being stuck in the quicksand of praise and criticism and really the book walks the reader through the process that that i often use with um, with my clients over the years when I've been doing this work with them. So that's where it came from. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, that is so great. And I love your confidence and I love that you've learned so much about you could still be feminine and you could be strong and you could not worry about what everyone thinks all the time, right? So that's really, really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey. It's not always been that way, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I'm so proud of you that you've taken that journey and you're now at that point and you're helping others to get there, which is really critical. Uh, as women, we need to lift each other up every day, right? That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because it when, we're, when we're fed a narrative of, you know, there can only be the prettiest or the thinnest or the mm -hmm. smartest. It's it's really difficult for women to to not feel as if they're competing against each other. And that's not how we are naturally at our best. Yeah, no, you're right. So I love this question, too. What does it mean to live a technicolor life? And how do we do it? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Technicolor Life is, is really my take on living true to your values, whatever that looks like. Um, you could call it a limitless life, but a limitless life could be, you know, a, a very content life. It doesn't always need to be striving for things. Um, but definitely a, a Technicolor Life is connecting with what you really want and why you want it it's it, i mean it sounds easy and it sounds easy for me to say but i don't underestimate what goes into stepping into your technicolor life because it does mean undoing a lot of learning and conditioning um that has been generational you know these are the things that our mothers taught us and our grandmothers taught us and our great-grandmothers taught our grandmothers uh, so it takes quite a little bit of unhooking some of that um, many women recognize themselves as people pleasers and so to say to a, a woman who has that history well what is it that you want that's a really difficult question mm -hmm. to answer mm -hmm. for a lot of women. I think for me too, I, you know, I, I start to think about that. All of the other influences um, go to answer that question. And I don't really truly know 
what I really want. Mm. So you're right. You're right. It's um, so when I'm helping women in business and tech answer that question, it's about halfway through the program that I take them through that we start to look at goal setting. I I don't even it's not even goal setting. The way that I do it is 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 kind of like anti goal setting. (laughs) But but we don't even get to that part of crystallizing what is it that you want until about halfway through, because Mm -hmm. there's so much unlearning that has to happen first. Yeah, yeah. And that please, please, everyone, you know, phenomenon is is plays on this because you know who you are from that perspective, but do you really know who you are deep inside? Mm. Very and, interesting. And you, you do, but it can take a little bit of, of digging into it. And it can be um, a very challenging process, but mm-hmm. equally rewarding. Yes, I bet. So on that um, on that note, as we're talking about women that have the thought that we need to please everyone, why don't you need to be liked by everyone to be successful? That seems really the opposite. Um, well, I think deep down we know that we don't need to be liked by everyone, but we still have that desire to not upset people or when we've been in this environment of, people telling us that all of this external noise telling us how to be, it can be difficult to climb out of that because we don't, you know, we're trying to keep keep all of these different sources of feedback happy. And so mm-hmm. it's easy to lose our sense of self. And historically, we kind of needed to do that, right? Because as mm-hmm. women, we were quite powerless. So we needed the... We, we needed men to help us, but now we're, we're able to kind of profit from our own efforts a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Before we needed a man for us to have a bank account or to manage mm-hmm. finances. We needed a man, you know, we couldn't own property. Um, mm-hmm. Even from a physical perspective, we were the weaker sex, right? Mm-hmm. We were the weaker mm-hmm. sex. So we had to defer to men all the time. Um, so we had to be likable. We had mm-hmm. to please in order to survive. Yeah. But, but now things are a little bit different. We're on the right path, but we're not there yet. Again, that's not a negative statement. It's just an observation of where we are right now. But women want and need to be seen as competent. So this is the double bind. The double bind is the truth is that we do want marginalized groups, so women and any other marginalized group, we need them to appear likable and trustworthy before Mm -hmm. we will look to them to be competent. Mm. That's just the way it is. So knowing that, now we can leverage that. So by doing the work, knowing what you want, knowing who are the people who can contribute to your goals, those are the ones that we need to get on board by being likable in the first instance, because we make judgments about whether or not someone is likable very Mm -hmm. quickly. 
-hmm. very very quickly it takes longer for us to recognize people as being competent so mm -hmm. we want to appeal to those people quickly and then that gives we've got their attention so then we can demonstrate our competency wow that is so deep and so good but you know it takes some thinking about this to really start to know how you can leverage it and do it the right way well, if I can offer anything on that, it is back to what we talked about a little bit earlier around all feedback just tells us about the person that's giving the feedback, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if somebody is giving you feedback that is giving you a message of they don't like you, then if you can give yourself some distance, almost imagining the triangle again, right? So you've got mm -hmm. some perspective and going, is this person, is this relevant? Is their feedback relevant to where I'm going? And mm -hmm. if it's not, then really, do they Move have on. to like you? Yep. And that's why it's important to have a calling, to have a goal that is bigger than the sting of that feedback. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're in that quicksand again. Yep. That's right. You get stuck back in the quicksand. Oh, Lorraine, you're so amazing. I just love our conversation. It's <laughs> been so, so good. So in closing, can you tell me what advice would you have for women thinking about a career in technology, but are nervous or not sure? Oh, yeah, I think, look at what is it that attracts you to the technology career that you're looking at? Why is that attractive to you? So always asking the next question to get a little bit deeper. Why is this attractive to me in terms of what will it, what values or, or essences in me will it really ignite? Mm -hmm. And then trust your gut. Learn how to trust your intuition and your instincts because it really is your superpower as a woman. So learning how to let the mind and uh, just just go off and have a cup of tea, <laughs> put its feet up for a minute. All of that intellect that we're told is really, really important, and it is, but it doesn't, it's not the whole story. Mindset is not everything. So really dropping into your gut instincts and go and, and trusting how you feel about the situations that you're in. And that takes courage and it takes practice, uh, but that really is the, the one piece of advice I would love to leave you with is, if anything, commit to a practice of learning to trust your instincts. Yeah, I think as women, we have really good instincts. And so we really need to trust that and not question it because, there's a reason it's there, right? Yeah, there is. No, there is. And we actually, there have been studies that have shown that women are actually taking on a lot more nuanced information than men. So when we walk into a room, we're picking up on lots more energy and emotional and facial features that mm -hmm. men just can't see. So, our, you know, we can't just deal with that on an intellectual level. We need to learn how to deal with that on a more embodied level. Mm -hmm. And we have that ability, which is so yeah. great. 
This has been amazing, Lorraine. You are just amazing. I'd love to have you back on another show. But um, could you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, I'd love to. So if you are uh, looking to connect, then you can find me at lorrainehamilton.net. And if you'd like to take advantage of some trainings or resources that I share from time to time, then check out Upper uh, UpperLimitBreakthrough.com. That's UpperLimitBreakthrough.com. And you can uh, take some more of my resources for a test drive. That's great. And we will put that in the, sh- in the show notes as well. So they have the actual URL. Thank you again, Lorraine. It was a pleasure and an honor to have you. Thanks again. Thanks, Jennifer. It's been a blast. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.